Hello, it's Sunday the 21st of February and welcome to City Till I Die podcast. We're coming off a week now where um, City have had a good result in midweek against Everton. Um, A tough game which we came out of. 3-1 winners. Everton played well but City got through in the end and today we play Arsenal. A 4.30pm kickoff. Um... Looking forward to this game. Um, I always have a few um, butterflies when it comes to playing against Arsenal because, as we all know, they're a team that are very, very quick. They have very, very quick players in wide areas and very, very quick players up front. So I think they're going to be a bit more defensive today and they're going to try and hit City on the counter-attack. However, I'm very confident in um, in the Blues' ability to be able to defend it and to obviously put our chances away. Um, so, yeah, let's have a look at what I believe the team might be today. Um, personally, I think he'll go with Edison in goal. Um, I think he will go for Joe Concheo at the right back. Also, John Stones and Ruben Diaz are centre-back. And I think he'll go for A. America Laporte at left-back. Um, and I think, well, we've seen the thing with Guardiola's teams at the moment. Uh, even though it'll be a 4-3-3 formation, when we have the ball and we're pressing higher up, it will become a three centre-backs. And Joe Canseo will have the freedom to roam, freedom to go into midfield, freedom to go out wide, freedom to be creative, but he will also get back as well and um, fill in his position at right back. I think um, Rodri will be the deep line playmaker. Um, Kevin De Bruyne and Bernardo Silva in midfield. So you've got the deep line playmaker the link pin between defence and attack in Kevin De Bruyne, and you've got the dribbler in in um, Bernardo Silva, who not only works hard, but he can carry the ball long distances and bring City from, quickly from attack to defence. Sorry, from defence to attack. Um, also, I think he'll go, or I would do, I would go Sterling on the right wing, okay, and I would go Phil Foden on the left with Gabriel Jesus up front. Okay, and the reason I go for this is for we need to press their fullbacks. They have some good attacking fullbacks. We need to give them something to worry about. We need to give them um, the thought that if they go forward and try to attack us, that they're going to have quick players uh, who are going to punish them. And I think. Sterling will do that on the right hand side and Foden will do that as well um, so yes that's what I think my team is um, we will see hopefully if um, if that's the case when the team news comes out I just want to quickly as well um, just got a news flash on my um, Jonathan Woodgate is named Bournemouth manager until the end of the season. Okay, so that's interesting. I think they had Thierry Henry 
um, was being interviewed for that one, if I remember rightly. But Bournemouth have appointed Jonathan, and this is according to The Athletic, so Bournemouth have appointed Jonathan Woodgate as their manager until the end of the season. Woodgate, Woodgate has been in caretaker charge of the club after the departure of Jason Tindall. I always thought he played rugby. <laughs> but there we go. Uh, so yeah, that's an interesting bit of news there coming up. And also currently... Um, we are watching... I'm about to put on, hopefully in a minute, the game on Sky. Which is West Ham. Let's have a look what the score is. So where West Ham are currently playing, uh, West Ham are a, a good team who thinks it to play them next. They play, they're playing Tottenham and they're leading 1-0. Interesting. Um, yeah, West Ham are leading 1-0 against Tottenham. The last time I seen, uh, half time. So yeah, so what's happened to Tottenham? Really, um, I, think oh, I think the problem with Tottenham is, in my opinion, the predictable. Um, you know, they set up the same way. He plays the same, well, not the same formation, but he's saying the same sort of um, ideology with two old in midfield players and dependency on Kane, Son is 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 too high. They they depend on them, and if you can stop them. Which is hard to do because they're great players, by the way. And you can pretty much shut out Tottenham Hotspur because they're not going to get many goals from the midfield areas, um, and they're not going to get many, many, many goals from defensive areas. Oh yeah, so interesting. West Ham, yeah, doing very well. I always said as well that if the West Ham had gone out and got a player like um, Diego Costa. They could be a serious contender for a top four position this season. So, yeah. Anyway. So, back to Man City. And yet, what, how do I think the result will go today against Arsenal? I think City will predominantly dominate the game, possession-wise. And I think... Um, West Ham, sorry, Arsenal will defend reasonably well. They will, they will retain the shape and they will try and counter-attack us um, by hitting the channels, hitting Aubameyang, hitting um, the guy out wide whose name escapes me at the moment. <laughs> Saka, that's it. He was a wonderful player, very quick. Um, and they will try and counter-attack and force us mistakes. Now, when we played West Ham last season, we played them, I think it was in it was on the West Ham, I keep saying West Ham. When we played Arsenal last week, we played them, in last season, we played them in the Cup. Okay, and most of City's defeats last season came from our mistakes. You know, apart from, apart from the odd 40-yarder into the corner, it came from 
teams forcing our mistakes, forcing um, and catching and basically we couldn't defend the transitions. So as the ball quickly changes from our possession to their possession very quickly and then we're having to run backwards um, towards our goal. City struggled, we were, our defensive position, positioning was out of shape. We, we could not defend the transitions whereas after this season we have got that due to organisation, due to quality defenders and due to good all-round team mentality and team defending, we have got that down now to a T. So we do not lose many goals from mistakes. So, if City put their chances away today, then I, I think we can win the game and I think City will win the game to nil, obviously. That's a guess because I don't know because I am not a time-travelling reptilian shapeshifter that would be able to predict the future so yeah so um i will try and do some um do a review of the game afterwards my thoughts on how city played my thoughts on the game as a whole the tactics they played on what have you so What was my thoughts about the Everton game? Well, City, I thought, um, played well against Everton. We controlled the possession. We played well. But um, as as we find with most teams, they fill up... Uh, you see, he played, for, what was it, four centre-halves, I think, at the beginning of the game, Ancelotti. And that is solely to fill the penalty area up and get bodies in the way of our chances and, you know, and shots. But obviously... In the first half, I thought we could have um, played a little bit better. I think Jesus was a little bit wasteful. There was a where he's through on goal, and he knocks it. Tries to I think he tried to knock it over the keeper. And he said they're just poking it past him as a as a keeper charged out to make himself big. He could have just poked, poked it past him, but he he went for the wrong option there. Um, but yeah, Phil Foden, Phil Foden scored a goal, which was which was going in, but took a deflection. So there was a little bit of luck involved in that. And then Everton hit right back within five minutes with a goal from um, Richarlison. Um, Luca Dina on the left. Well, Coleman on the right hand side crossed the ball over to Luca Dina on the left, who took on the shot, hit the post, come back and, and um, basically ricocheted off his knee and into the net. And Everton, you know, uh, people say, oh, uh, Everton didn't deserve that, but you deserve what you get. You they attacked, they put the ball in the net, and they scored. Um, so yeah, fair play to Everton in that. But I think the second half, City took the game by the scuff of the neck. I, I I've always got confidence now as well with the back three that you know we're not going to concede a silly goal. We're not going to concede a silly goal late on. We're not going to fall apart and capitulate if a team comes at us. We're well organised. I'm always confident as this game's over on that we can get a goal. And we did, and it was a wonderful link-up play between Rhea and Mahrez, who uh, it takes a lot of criticism at City, Mahrez, for, for I think for his inconsistencies, um, and it can be frustrating sometimes where he dwells on the ball a little bit too much, um, but for, and for, for a player as well who is, we've seen he scores some great goals with his right foot. Sometimes he'll put it on his left foot when he could strike it with his right foot. 
um, which was, I think was against Manchester United in the league game when we drew nil nil, and he threw it, and he tried to take it onto his left foot and tried to hit it instead of just striking it with his right foot. Yet last, it was last season, the year sorry, the season before when we won the when we won the treble, he struck a beauty with his right foot into the top corner. So you think, yeah, so there we go. But so yeah, Morez was excellent against uh, Everton. He's he's build up play. He's link up play with with Bernardo Silva. I think they've got a hell of a hell of a partnership there with Bernardo Silva, who is obviously back to his best this season, back to top form. You can see that his confidence is high. He's he's scoring goals now. He's he's dribbling. He's working hard. So yeah, him and Morez have got a great great partnership there, and obviously along with that, Jao Canseo. As well. So yeah, and then so that so that was the first goal. Morez bending a beauty with his left foot into the top corner from a link up play with um with Bernardo and I think it was Gabriel Jesus and Morez and Bernardo Silva linking up for the third goal and Bernardo Silva smashes a shot past Jordan Pickford, who probably, probably should have saved it. Okay, so yeah, so that was the Everton game, and the City played well in that game, and we come out with a win, and hopefully now we can keep that momentum going, because our next game is West Ham, and then the game after that is... Manchester United. And just to update now... Um, it's West Ham 2, Tottenham Hotspur 0. Goal stands from a VAR decision. So uh, what a finish from Jesse Lingard, who's, who's on, la- on loan there from Manchester United, as he rifles West Ham's second goal within seconds of the restart. And the flag was up for VAR, potential offside, but VAR has given it. So fair play, West Ham 2, Tottenham Hotspur 0. Good, 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 good result that for West Ham. And again, is Mourinho now under pressure? Um, and my, my, my point for this is, I don't think he is. And why I don't think he is, is because Daniel Levy doesn't really want to spend money. So if they bring in somebody else of a higher standard than Mourinho, he's possibly going to want money to spend. Um so the only thing we can really do is bring in a Sam Allardyce type manager who will work on a budget. Uh, so they might as well just keep Mourinho, to be honest with you. Because, um, yeah, he doesn't want to spend money. Um, and I'm going to ask myself as well, how long Harry Kane is going to say I'm happy to stay here at Tottenham for? Um, when basically, you know, they're getting less likely and more or less likely to win any trophies um, every season. But they're still in the League Cup final against City, so they could possibly win a trophy. But yeah, they should be doing better. Okay, now what I'm going to do, I'm going to have a look at some news. What's going on in the world of news and in particular, football. Um, 
and also um, please obviously leave some comments if you can leave some comments or on this podcast if you like it or not if um, there's anything you like me to change anything you like me to do differently let me know um, so yeah it was interesting West Ham to Tottenham Hotspur nil okay top stories in football today in the Premier League Bournemouth appoint Woodgate until end of season yeah we've seen that one Members of Man United coaching are forced to self-isolate. Okay. That's an interesting um, article in the in Sky. Um, Nicky Butt, Mark Dempsey will join Ole Gunnar Solskjaer on the Manchester United bench for Sunday's match against Newcastle. After some other members of the coaching staff had to self-isolate, the club have announced that's a thing that's affected most clubs this season. Um, so it's yeah, I don't think that's going to really affect them too much, um, especially considering the wonderful invention that humans have called a mobile phone, where they can interact with each other via that or via Skype. Okay, now then, what else have we got here? We have got pet accepts some Man City stars may leave in the summer. So who do we think that will be? I think that's going to be possibly Sergio Cuneguero, who is yet to actually um, is yet to actually prove his fitness properly, prove that he deserves a new contract at Man City. Um, will be into my opinion, I think all Man City need next season as far as transfers are concerned, are two players. A striker as cover or as a replacement for Aguero. Preferably Ireland Haaland or a, and a, and a, possibly a holding midfield player to cover for Rodri um, because I think Fernandinho will be the other guy that leaves in, in the summer possibly to play back in Brazil or to take up some sort of coaching role, maybe at the club, maybe somewhere else. So, yeah, that will be interesting. Um, so, yeah, who who would City sign in that position? I don't know. It's a good question. I, I'd like Declan Rice. I think he's one of the best up-and-coming midfield players of that in that position in the country at the moment, if not in Europe. But then again, Man City do have a good wide-ranging scouting um, network. But I think, yeah, I'd like Declan Rice. Does it go all out big on two players? Declan Rice and Erland Haaland or another striker similar. I'm a fan of Dybala, but I think he suits more Guardiola's style more than Erland Haaland. But I think Erling Haaland is a very good young player and will adapt. And along with the, having um, Liam Delap as a third choice to come in and you know, train with the first team and improve his game, I think City will have a strike force that will take us into the next 10 years with Gabriel Jesus. Because I am a fan of Gabriel Jesus. 
Um, I think he does need to score more goals, but I think he goes on appreciated for his work rate. He goes on appreciated for what he does off the ball, the punishment he takes from defenders. Um, and link up play is excellent. So I don't care. If Gab to be honest, I don't care if Gab uh, Gabriel Jesus scores ever again, as long as the team win the games, which is what what he will probably say exactly the same as well. So um, yes. Another um, uh, more news here. Liverpool cannot play victims and feel sorry for themselves over their injury crisis. Insists midfielder Genie Wijnaldum after Champions fell to their fourth straight home league defeat in two nil loss to rivals Everton. I watched that game last night, and um, again, um, people say to me Liverpool were the better team. Well, they weren't the better team defensively because they conceded two goals. They weren't a better team attacking-wise because they didn't score any goals and they haven't scored two goals. So, you know, are you measuring the the, the success of being how, how what, what wasn't a better team on the day as how much possession and chances you have? Because that's not really what football's about. It's about sticking the ball in the net. And, and I would rather have my team have four shots on target and score two goals than have ten shots on target and score one or score zero. But yeah, each to their own. I suppose everybody has their own idea. But yeah, so that Liverpool loss was a was the fourth consecutive home defeat. So what has happened to Liverpool? And, and Liverpool defended well in those parts of the games yesterday, but were caught out very early on. And then cut out late on with a counter-attack, which was an excellent move from Everton. And there's a little question about the penalty. Um, now, what I'm going to say this. If Liverpool fans believe that the Mo Salah pen penalty against City was a justified penalty, where he ever so slightly tugged on his arm and and he went like diving like he was um, shot from the stands by a sniper... If that's a penalty, then the one against Everton is a penalty. Because even though Allison, who after spilling the ball, then went to went to went to get up and tripped over the player, didn't mean it. He still brought him down and prevented him from getting to that ball that Allison spilled. Because Allison spilled the ball, and he was getting to it and would possibly have scored. So yeah, I, that's a penalty. More so. Than the one against the Mo Salah penalty against City. Um, I, yeah, do actually actually do a little experiment at home, right? I've have somebody run ever so quickly in the, around the garden with a ball at the feet, maybe or to chase a ball, and ever go slightly tug on their arm and see if they end up doing a somersault up into the air with their arms spread up in the air, and they, and they fall over like um, they'd been struck by lightning. So yeah, it's a dive. Um, yes, he got the wrong. Yes, um, Diaz got the wrong side of him. Yes, Diaz shouldn't have touched him. But you know, you're very clever these footballers now of running into the path of the defender. So you have to put something out. You have to make some sort of contact with them um, subconsciously. And as soon as they feel that touch, it's like they go over. So yeah, so Liverpool cannot play victims and feel. I, I agree with that. Wholeheartedly. 
What else have we got? This is um, the Daily Mail. Chelsea handed boost in pursuit of Bayern Munich's Nicholas Searle and Karl Heinz Rummenigge claims they will only offer him a contract if they can find a solution to their financial difficulty following the pandemic. Hello? Did you get a message if I'm Andy? Sorry for the interruption. Um, uh, interruptions from family members there who know I'm trying to do a podcast and still interrupt me anyway. Well, that's family for you. So, yeah. Um, I've actually totally lost where I was up to, but hey ho. Let's let read some more of this news. Oh, that was it with Bayern Munich, wasn't it? Yeah, Bayern Munich. Chelsea handed boost in pursuit of Bayern Munich's Nicolas Searle. Okay, now, at what point are Chelsea not going to say, well, I think we've got a big enough squad here now? Uh, how how many times are they, how, how, how many t- summers are they going to try and, they're going to buy players and have to um, integrate them into the squad? How many how many of these young players that they've got going out? Are they are they going to start using any of them? Do you think? Because um, they have a hell of a squad of players um, who who come for the under twenty threes, go out on loan. I think they've got more than enough players. Um, do they really need to sign anymore? Um, you probably think I'm a hypocrite there being a City fan, but at the end of the day, um, City are now starting to use a lot of their young players if they are good enough. Okay? Like Foden, like um, Garcia, who they wanted to keep hold of. But obviously, as a Barcelona lad, he was going to go to Barcelona. Um, They're also using players like Doyle, who's in the squad, and he will stay at the club unless he asks for first-team football. What else? We've just got a news alert about in there as well. That was a news alert saying, oh, Jack Grealish misses Leicester game with injury. At the Aston Villa midfield, will also miss the games against Leeds next weekend. So that's a big blow for for them. Because I imagine there's, they haven't got really any quad strength to replace him. So will we'll, we'll that... Um, Set back Aston Villa. I think it will do. It's a hell of a player to lose. Um, if City can lose a player like Sterling, we've got players to come in. But Aston, teams like Aston Villa rely on having a fit squad uh, for as much as possible. So that would be a big blow for them. So what else have we got in the news now? We have... That was an article. So let's have a look at some other... Publication, shall we? Let's have a look at the athletic. You have to be patient with me with these podcasts, by the way, because I'm not, I'm new to it, and um, obviously my first few podcasts will be a working progress. And I will require people to give me feedback, positive feedback. Right then, so, ooh. 
or The Athletic are reporting, TV star Mark Wright and Crawley Town chasing dreams or a PR stunt. Okay, no. What does the future hold for Kylian Mbappe? What does the future hold for Kylian Mbappe? Who's gonna Who's gonna Who's gonna afford his wages? You know, they, practically any club who wants to buy him are practically gonna have to really, considering the current climate of COVID nineteen, are probably gonna have to wait for his contract to run out before they can get him, and then it's gonna be a mega mega deal. So the question is, who can afford him? And this is a situation that Paris Saint Germain know. There's not many teams that can afford his wages. Your Barcelona can't. Real Madrid possibly can't. Um, so City might be able to. Man United definitely probably would be able to. And only Paris Saint-Germain will be. But then again, every club has to follow, has to, um, follow the financial fair play regulations, don't they? But yeah, what does future hold for Gillian Mbappe? They say a picture is worth a thousand words and that catch me if you can image of Gerard Piquet pulling at Kylian Mbappe's shirt speak volumes. In it, you can see Barcelona falling behind Paris Saint-Germain potentially speeding towards a second straight Champions League final and Europe's old elite doing everything possible to stop Mbappe slipping from their grasps again. It felt like a watershed moment, particularly with Lionel Messi and Cristiano Bope both suffering defeats in midweek and complaining contemplating early exits from the Champions League again as the supersonic Mbappe seized his moments that, they won that as well without um, Di Maria and Neymar so I think they're serious they're going to be a serious contender this year under Pochettino Paris Saint-Germain for the Champions League Only Erling Haaland seems capable of staying with him as a new generation begins to ascend, sprinting past the old one on their way down. We stand on the threshold of a new era. The future of the game is being decided. I agree. Mbappe, Haaland, Phil Foden, um, Grealish, to name just a few, um, Saka from Arsenal, they, they're going to be the new future of uh, of Galacticos, the new future of superstar players, um, and the fact that Saka, Foden, are English as well, is very promising for England. Looking forward to seeing them all work, linking up in the summer in the European Championships. It's not just the prospect of a new Super League or the former Champions League, it's what Mbappe and Ireland choose to do next. If they were to pitch up in the same country, a balance of power would shift with them as definitely as it did to La Liga when Ronaldo joined Real Madrid in 2009 and supercharged a long rival with Messi, Barcelona. Messi, Barcelona. They're suggesting that Mbappe and Ireland are going to go to Paris Saint-Germain. How on earth are they going to justify that through financial fair play? <laughs> how, how are they going to... Uh, Work that into the books and, and get that past FIFA's, um, UEFA's ruling for financial fair play with Neymar, with Mbappe and Haaland. That is building a super team of Galacticos, you know. Um, but yeah, obviously will, will people be calling for a massive widespread inquiry into, into Paris Saint-Germain and uh, how they are managing to 
circumvent any financial fair play rules. I doubt it because that only seems to apply to Man City. So what's on the horizon for Mbappe, the footballer and the person? Can he replicate his, the achievements of Messi and Ronaldo, both on and off the pitch? Of course he can. And where would he be best placed to do that? I don't think personally um, the Italian league is the best, sorry, the French league is the best place for him. Yeah, at some point you're going to see. I need an, yeah, I need to be testing myself every week against a different set of teams, a more competitive league. Although there are a lot of good French league teams in there, we know practically most of the time Paris Saint Germain are going to win that title. Um, so yeah, maybe as uh, for himself, he might want to seek a new challenge elsewhere in the Premier League or in Spain or in Germany. But again, the question I've asked: Who from Spain and Germany can afford him? So, leaving his only options then, really, possibly, Premier League teams, Man United, Man City, possibly Liverpool. Will Liverpool fork out the, the wages for him? And possibly Chelsea. So, yeah, let's all see. Before Tuesday night, the last player to score a Champions League hat-trick for an opposing team at Nou Camp was Andrei Shevchenko. Oh, yeah. Andrei Shevchenko, what a player. The Dynamo Kiev in 1977. 1977. 1997. Um, just hold there quickly because I think Spurs have got a goal back at West Ham. Yeah, Harry Kane. Is it Harry Kane? Am I looking at the wrong one here? No. Well, look who's got the goal. It is definitely 2-1, so the game's on there. It's Lucas Moira. 64th minute. It's West Ham 2, Tottenham 1. So before Tuesday night, the last player to score a Champions League hat-trick for an opposing team at the new camp was Andrei Shevchenko, Dynamo Zik, Kiev in 1997. It remains a rare feat, even at a time when Barcelona are experiencing one momentous humbling after another. What is happening at Barcelona? Really? Yeah, and I think the, the Spanish chairman of the Spanish Football Association keeps having these slide digs at Premier League teams. I think he keeps having these slide digs at Man City about being owned by rich benefactors or rich investors. And I, I think he's genuinely worried about not only the top clubs, and the financial situations at the top clubs in Spain, but also the brand that, that is uh, La Liga. Um, Messi will be going. Ronaldo's already gone. So how are they going to sell their brand globally to TV um, companies who want to pay for the rights to show Spanish football? I can understand he's genuinely concerned about it. Shevchenko got his big move shortly afterwards with AC Milan acquiring him in response to City rivals into signing the player. Mbappe mo most resembles the Brazilian Ronaldo. Oh, apart from obviously uh, the fact that Ronaldo, I think, can play mainly down the centre. Um, whereas Mbappe can play, I think, right and on the left as an inside 
forward. So, yes. Shevchenko got his big move away afterwards, shortly afterwards, with AC Milan acquiring him in response to City rivals into signing the player. Mbappe most resembled the Brazilian Ronaldo. Serie A was the best league in the world at the time, and the permanent presence of two players in it served confirmation. In the summer of 2022, Mbappe's current deal with PSG expires, and clubs will also be able to activate a 65 million buyout clause. And I think that's similar to as well. Holland, I think he's 2022. He's got a buyout clause. That's going to be a one hell of a transfer window. That so, yeah, who's going to, who's going to, what not only going to be at 40 65 million, I think Liverpool could afford 65 million. I think most teams can afford a transfer fee because a transfer fee is usually spread over the terms of any contract, i.e., five years. I spread it over five years, it's just his wages. So, it'll be very, very interesting. Who, where he goes or if he stays so yeah so that's it Kylian Mbappe where does his future lie where do you think his future lies I think he will at some point come to England hopefully and Man City but then again I don't think Guardiola will sign anybody who isn't also going to put in a work rate and it will interfere with the club dynamics of the squad uh, in the locker room he has to be a, a good person be able to gel and become friends with other players within the squad he also obviously he does know Bernardo Silva from his time at Monaco and he does know Bernardo, Benjamin Mendy so I, I'd probably say at the moment City might just be favourites for him but then again never know so anyway, I'm going to get back to watching the football. That's going to be. I'm going to leave that there today. I hope you enjoyed my first podcast. Um, uh, please give me your positive feedback on it. What you want me to do? What you want me to talk about? What you want me to change? Um, and I will try and do m- more, more podcasts. Hopefully twice a week, and then if it gets more popular, maybe more. Thank you guys. Take care. Have a great day and enjoy the game later. Come on City.